مرحبا You're listening to Real Voices with Miss Alisar That's me I'm Alisar Nasr And today we will be talking about motherhood My guest is super. Her name is Nada bin Ghalib. She is Al-Mawakib Garhoud alumnus, class of 2000. And among so many other things she does, she authored a book titled How I Survive Motherhood. Hi. Hi. How are you, Nada? I'm good. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. I think the first thing (laughs) I want to emphasize about the title in your book because whenever I talk about it with people and we're not here to talk about the book we're here to talk about motherhood you're a mom, I'm a mom we both have moms, today we're going to talk about us as moms and uh, your title says how I survive motherhood, not how I survived motherhood and that got my attention, I've told you this before because it makes a lot of sense that it's not something that can ever be in the past. I don't care what age you reach as a mom, you're still going through being a mom. So let's talk about motherhood, what it means to us. And let's remind all of our listeners today that we're talking about our experiences and we're sharing them. We're talking, normally we would be in my living room, but we have to record, so we came here. So it is not a how-to nor is there a right or wrong. Every mom does it her way and every mom in her own right actually thinks she's and believes she's doing the right thing. So it's all perspective. And so this is not a judgmental space. I am not interested in being judged as a mom. So I do not proclaim that I have the right to judge any mom. Exactly. All right. So... You're a mom of three. Yes. Tell us about the beginning, what it felt like when you first became a mom. Did you decide you want to be a mom early on? Did you always know? Or did it happen and you embraced it? And what I would like us to talk about is is the beginning, you know, when you are a mom first and then by the second child It's different. Actually, by the second year of the first child, it starts moving. And then what are the most important phases we went through as moms that remain something we can share that may help others as they listen? So, um, funny story. Mm. (laughs) Um, um, When I got married, it was an arranged marriage, like most of the girls in my generation. And when I don't really like kids, so I didn't want to have a lot of kids, mm. but Mohammed wanted like a football field of kids, okay. 11 kids, literally. Wow. And we got pregnant as soon as we got married. And unfortunately, I lost the baby at eight months. Okay. And I think I was so devastated. I was, I, the, the whole process of having a kid and you, uh, carrying the child and then losing it and then going through surgery, it was absolutely devastating for me. Um, we took a holiday. We went to Malaysia 
And then we came back and I told Mohammed, I'd like to have another kid. I'd like to try for another kid. And we got pregnant. And I was so one of those moms that were like, no, no, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to do anything just because of all that. Because of the trauma from the first experience. Exactly. Yeah. And then I had uh, Al-Jud. Um, we didn't name her. We named. We have this tradition between him and I that we wouldn't name the kid until we see the kid. So we don't check mm. the gender. We don't check. Uh, we we pick names based on adjectives we like, like um, uh, descriptions of what we want them to have, wow. uh, stuff like that, so that when they grow up, they be those uh, adjectives. They be those descriptions. So you just touched on the significance of choosing a name that it might actually influence. The path of this child. Probably, yeah. And that's what oh, I believe. I believe it's very important to pick something that your kid, because you're going to call that kid, right? So what would you like to call it that would give some sort of meaning? Okay. So we, we had a list of names. And then uh, after a week, he prayed Stikhara uh, and then he picked Al-Jud. Mm. And then uh, a month later, I was pregnant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I hated him. <laughs> of course. And I blamed him and I was like, no, I don't want to get pregnant and this is not okay. And then I got nine months in, had the baby, turned out to be another girl. We did the same thing. We picked adjectives and then he called, it goes after we can call her Faye. Mm. And then after Faye, we took the longest break and then we went to Hajj. And then I felt that we needed another kid. It didn't matter if it was going to be a girl or a boy, but I just felt that we needed another kid. Kids somehow add happiness to your life. And then we tried and we got, uh, again, nine months in, found out after he came out, found out it was a boy, and we called him Harith. And so when you first had Jude, did you think... You knew what you were doing, did you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely so what was like not. the most she was challenging my, part? Jude was my accessory. <laughs> oh, okay. That's actually a lot of moms probably think of their first kid as the The accessory. accessory. I yeah. would wear pink. Jude would wear pink. I had, a, yeah. you know, a, she would literally my accessory. Wait, so if you had to go back now and do it again, would you do it the same way? I think I would because you have to learn, right? If... As humans, no matter what you tell us, we're never going to do it unless we experience it. So I, I would probably do it all over again. And so what was at that point the meaning of mom for you, the, the motherhood, when you had your first two girls? What, um, what did it mean? What responsibilities did it have for you? So funny enough, when they were very young, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the the word mother because in our society, we're usually with our parents, right? So Mohammed's right. job was two weeks at home and two weeks um, offshore because he works in an oil field. So then the two weeks he wasn't there, I was either at my dad's house or either at my mom's house. And I never took care of those kids. The kids were always playing with my dad, with my mom, with their, my, my younger brothers. So you're lucky so you had extended I, family I had, to exactly, support. Exactly. Mm. I had a village to, to play with the kids. So I didn't really feel the meaning of being a mom until they grew up. And when I say grow up, meaning until they started going to school, until incidents started happening at school and, and navigating and understanding those incidents. Uh, funny story that happened, I'll tell you, is um, one day I get a call from school and then 
Miss Maya is on the phone and she's like, Neda, we need to let you know something happened. Nothing bad, but you need to pick up Faye and you need to take her to the hospital. I'm like, what happened? Uh, a boy hit her, but don't get upset. It's not what you think. I was raging. I was absolutely insane. I was like, I'm coming right now. And then I go to school and I'm crying. I didn't even like I didn't even stop to think what Miss Maya wanted to tell me. And, you know, in ISIS, you have that door where you'd have to swipe in to go in to get to the kids. And I was standing there crying and banging open this door. And then funny enough, it was Mr. Mahu who came out and he's like, why are you crying? I'm like, my daughter's been hurt. And he's like, Faye's okay. And I was like, no, she's not. Some boy hit her. And then he started laughing even for, harder. And I was like, why is Mr. Mahu laughing at me? This is not funny. And then he said, you know, Nadal, sit down for a minute. Let me tell you. You're, first of all, your kid's fine. She just needs probably a, one stitch or two in the head, but she's absolutely fine. The question you should be asking is, how's that other boy? (laughs) (laughs) So I find out the actual story is... She came at him, (laughs) didn't she? (laughs) No, she did. But uh, so, So there was this little kid who started teasing Juju for being chubby, right? And he didn't mean it. Kids are kids, right? And Juju took it very sensitively. And it was it was the day before the weekend. So on the weekend, we were at my dad's house. And then uh, Juju was telling her uncle Umar. She was telling Umar. And then Umar was laughing with Juju. He's like, Juju, why are you being so sad? You're you're big. You're probably bigger than him. You can just sit on him. You know, and he was trying to make her feel good about herself. Not probably the right way. So then Faye doesn't say anything. Next day goes to school. Revenge. Sits on the boy and goes bang. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, kid, and the poor kid didn't say anything. And so the next day, Faye walks uh, walks out uh, out of break time or something through the doors, and he's standing behind the doors, little shrimp of a thing. He gives her a punch, doesn't even hurt her. My daughter, clumsy daughter, slips and falls and hits her head. Oh, that's how she got so hurt. So that's how she got hurt. But in my head, self inflicted. <laughs> But uh-huh. it took Mr. Mehu to say, Nada, stop. Mm. You need to... Before. So what's the lesson learned from this in terms of motherhood? I can't react to everything that I hear. Ah, very good advice. So we tend to react quickly instead of uh, taking a breath and realizing what's going on. And this is not only about school issues, even things that happen at home, even things that happen when you're in the picnic or in the mall. Uh, we have to, as moms, take time out and reflect and breathe before we rage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, how do you think momhood um, developed with you? How did you, did you change as a mom? Were you one mom, one way at some point, and now you're different because of something you learned? I mean, this was one example, but were there other things about Nada bin Ghalib, the mom, when she first had a baby that changed and became something else, you know, 10 years later or 15 Absolutely. years later. Absolutely. Um, as the kids grew, mm. I realized that I can't be the same mom. Parenting, like you always tell us, is not static. No. You have to change. You have to evolve. You have to develop. And you have to change for those kids. So, for example, what they needed when they were just born till they were about three years old is different than what they'll need from three to six or three to seven, and then you'll, you'll have to keep changing. So today I have to be open to changing. So because I do say it's not static, but I also say you have to be brave enough to make the decision to change your 
course of parenting. Absolutely. And sometimes that could be triggered by a comment from your child, um, by a sentiment, by a feeling, by you saw a behavior that tells you, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be doing it this way. Maybe I change it. I know I experienced it. How did you experience that? I experienced it because, you know, my daughter is diabetic and dealing with her uh, when she first got diagnosed was reactionary and fear. So it was always, you know, did you take your insulin? How is your sugar? Following, following, following on these issues. And I forgot everything else about her Mm. and focused only on the diabetes. And this was a major parenting mishap for me but I didn't know any better and one thing we need to learn to do as parents is forgive ourselves for not being perfect all the time because that's not even possible so at some point when I realized this was not right the right approach I made a decision to completely change the direction of how I was dealing with it so as a mother Even as a father, I think, as parents, but here we're talking about motherhood. You have to be open and brave enough to say, okay, I wasn't doing this right. I have to choose another way. And if you engage your kids in a conversation where they can be part of that change, it makes it even more valuable. Right. And your kids, I throw out that challenge to parents. I say, you know, sit with your kids Mom, sit with your daughter, sit with your son, ask them, how do you want to be raised? Why not? And I bet you if you ask kids, how do you want to be raised? Okay, they may say some erratic stuff, but there will be some stuff that will tell you, oh, is that what they're feeling? Maybe I should rethink this. Yeah. And so motherhood Despite, and you know that I don't believe in gender roles, but I do think as women, we do have uh, an instinct that we were blessed with, uh, a nurturing instinct that we were blessed with. And don't come at me, all of you men who have the same instinct. I get it. You, Some of you have it. But we are nurturers by nature. Absolutely. And so, you know. Be proud to be a nurturer and wield it to your advantage instead of feeling that it's, oh, because I'm a nurturer, I'm expected to do this, this, so I begin to begin to resent it. And so, you know, motherhood comes with fear. Yeah. It comes with uh, anxiety. Oh, yeah. Comes with lots of love. And lots of expectations as well. Big time and expectations from... Outside the influence from inside the house and from outside the house, so we always inadequacy. And so, the best thing I learned uh, as I got older is all of these feelings are not mine alone. All of us feel this, and so if I could make another woman who's going through motherhood now and experiencing these feelings, who may feel that something is wrong with feeling them, my shout out would be, you're not alone. We all feel them. So it's not unusual. (laughs) It's okay. And it's fine. You're doing your best. But the problem is no one wants to talk about it, Miss Elisa. Even though they may feel it, they don't want to admit that they're feeling it. And for me, that's really sad. Because you have a host of women that are willing to support you, that are willing to listen to you and hold your hand and say, don't worry, we may not tell you how to do it or, or write out a plan, 
But at least you'll feel that support. You're right? not alone. You're not alone. All right. So, okay, a lot of women have this apprehension of sharing. I get it. I mean, I was there at some point also. We all were. Maybe this podcast would serve as uh, a call out to all moms uh, to find ways to support other moms, the moms in your life. Give them that safe space to share their feelings without fearing being judged, right? Absolutely. Plus, motherhood is not a manual you could buy and go one, two, three, yep. four. It's experiences, and yeah. those experiences are extremely individual. And if we tell a, a mother that what you're doing is wrong or we can we did it better, you're devaluing that experience that she's meant to feel. So I think we should be Absolutely less, agree with you. We shouldn't you. be so judgmental. There you go. So it starts with that space that's free of judgment. And you don't know what the person in front of you is going through. And that immediately takes away your right to decide if what they're doing is right or wrong. So... I always feel we want that for ourselves, yet we have a struggle in allowing it to others. And so maybe if we acknowledge this fact, we can move it forward. So, yeah, I think we can get there if more of us reach out to each other or we make ourselves available to other women to reach out. Yeah. So maybe this podcast can do that. So, so not as available. <laughs> <laughs> because motherhood is amazing. Yeah. And what I tried with Al-Jud, I didn't do with Faye. And what I did with Al-Jud and Faye, I didn't do ah, with This Hala. is a very good point because maybe another thing I want to talk about in motherhood is because it's not static, your target should really be, or I think it should be, you just want to be a better mother today Than you were yesterday. Than you were yesterday. And your only premise for comparison is you. Exactly. Not your mom. Exactly. Not your aunt. Not whoever your role model is who's a mom in life. It should be you. You went, you know, you went to sleep on Wednesday. You woke up today on Thursday. And you're going to do things a little better than yesterday. And one of my targets and you all know who my mom is yes. right she's very famous in Dubai <laughs> for her hugs and her kindness and her beautiful soul but even my mom when she talks to me uh, her objective was always to be a better mom than her mom and my objective is to be a better mom than my mom and that's perspective What does that mean? It means, yeah, I remember some things that mm. I used to go through with my mom that I loved and I want to go through them with my children. And I remember some things I could have done without. You have to be honest about these things. Yeah. And sometimes it's just because we're in a different time and different uh, zone and a different uh, era with different expectations. And so you want to be to your kids the best you can be at the time That yes, you are in. Yes. Not in comparison to previous. Yes, because I was just going to say that it's so sad to see moms that say, I, my, my parents did this. But what we have to also understand and accept in some way that they lived a different life. Yep. They had different struggles than what we have different today. Different circumstances. Different circumstances. Exactly. So what, however they raised us, 
may may have been the best possible way they could have for that time. Mm-hmm. And we should be happy and we should be proud about it and say that our parents raised us really well in order for us to build upon that mm-hmm. rather than diminishing what they've done and right. making them feel bad about it. I think exactly. we should uplift it and say they did the best they could and now I'm going to do even better. With what I have. With what I what have. What they had, that's what they did. What we have, what can we do? Yes. And set our kids up for one day when they become in that role that our expectation is, my expectation for my children is not that they walk in my path, but that they create their own. And so how much of uh, our motherhood instincts should be reserved to keeping them safe instead of making them live making or allowing us to live our lives through them. See, it's it's very tricky. You're always going to want to keep them safe. You're always going to want something better for them. But I think the biggest challenge as a mother is to understand that at every stage your kid is at, you have to f- change. So you can't be that the same mother, like I was saying. That's very important, actually. I never thought important. of this. You just brought up so, something that tells me I, I want to say something about yeah, this yeah. before I forget it, which is... One of our, our struggles in our society is, you know, when your mom or dad reach a certain age, you're like, uh, ugh, you cannot change them. They are who they are. As a mom, I want to try not to have my kids say that about me. I want to be the mom that, no, is not one way and you cannot change me. I am whatever I am and I'm open to changing if it makes your life better. Yeah. Even as I get older. Yeah. Because in our communities, you know that, you know, خلاص, yeah. you know, أمك, أمك, yeah. and I'm thinking, her being whoever she is, I don't want it to infringe on my life. So I pledge, and if my kids listen to this podcast and I'm saying it, I want to pledge to my children that as I get older, I don't want them to think they would have to adjust anything because I cannot. I, excluding physicalities, yeah. all right? And so I do subscribe to Khalil Gibran, you know, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I've said it a million times before and in Arabic it's true, awladukum laysu lakum, awladukum abna'ul hayat. I do believe in this. And so as a mom, I want to raise them and I've been trying to raise them to, em- to embrace the fact that they are in- individuals They are independent and I have only one expectation of them, which is to forge a compassionate, kind, grateful life that makes them better humans more than anything else. That's my only expectation. But if that doesn't fall through, it's their path. Yeah. Right? Uh, so yeah. I have a point to add. So mm. I love that what you said. Now, how do you get parents to think that way? So I'll tell you what we did. Um, actually, I can't take credit for this. This is actually my husband's. So one day we were, so we have once a week, we sit at the table and we get the kids to talk. So one day he turned around and he told Judy and Faye, because they're older than Harith. Harith was very young at the time. He said, there will be a point where we no longer will know everything. And you kids will have more knowledge, more experiences in, 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 the, in the world you live in. 
And when that day happens, I want you to understand that we will be the followers. That's you will be the amazing. leaders. And right I now you're, you're young, you're, you're, you don't know a lot of things. We are still in that position where we understand more than you at the we're moment. Advisory, so we're, yeah. we're, we're going to lead this, but there will come a time That's, where we will have to step oof. back and you have to understand that you guys will lead and then we will follow whatever choices you choose. So that's why it's so imperative to understand your values, the fun- fundamentals of your life, what you want, what you believe in. And then from then we take it forward. Nada, that's your next book. <laughs> that is so your next book and I'm willing to collaborate on that one. All right. We should co-author yes, the next one. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, but it, in order to reach that understanding where, you know, I'm I'm a parent for every stage, you have to first understand that you will reach a point where you as the leader is redundant. You no yes. longer step aside, step aside, let yeah. the younger let generation take lead. over. And that's, it's kind of funny that in actual corporate or job or whatever athletic life, we let that happen. Yeah. But not in our personal life. So we need to engage uh, a new concept, which is retirement for parents. How's that? Yeah. and I like that. I just came up with that. <laughs> so at an age where parents retire from being parents and just be... Advisors. Yeah, be the, red, the gray hair in their life. Exactly. That will share experiences. Because then like you can in, um, then you can enjoy that next stage where the mm. kids are doing and enjoy their accomplishments. Without having to worry to about, about, oh my God, this is going to work, this hey, is not going to work. Hey, hey, I, what will mom think of that? Exactly. This was very fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Um, I love having you. Well, you're, always, uh, you're always, <laughs> hey, and we came up with that. You're always a breath of fresh air. Thank and you. I love talking to you. I love and talking I know to you. you think you're controversial but i think you're just real <laughs> and i you. love that and uh, you are super mom thank you and uh, i've i learned from you and I, i always you know? learn from you and uh, thank you for being on my podcast if we want to say one thing to moms anna what would you say I'd say trust your instincts. Mm, big time. Big time. Inner voice, trust very it. powerful. There's yeah. a reason it's called gut feeling. Yep. <laughs> I would say Whatever you're feeling uh, is valid and valuable and you are not alone in feeling it. So if you need us, let us know. Yes, anytime. (laughs) Thank you very much.